Shalom Aleichem, this is Rabbi Kovacs, and Mishnah Yomi continues for Erev Shabbat Bayetze. We're in chapter 9 of Yevamot, the second Mishnah. Now recall yesterday we began this chapter, the ninth parak, Yesh Motorot, saying that there are situations where the original marriage was allowed, but a Yibam would not be allowed, and vice versa. And there are also situations where even the original marriage was not really allowed, and Yibam would not be really, really be allowed. Now as a reminder, if the marriage relationship would be forbidden by karet, that's spiritual excision, uh, or by one of the uh, court-imposed death penalties, then there's no marriage. For example, a brother can't marry a sister. No one can marry a married woman. That's not even a marriage. We're talking about when it's a lav, a don't do that. But if they did it, there's still a marriage. And as we're going to see today, we do encourage them to end that mistaken marriage. So here's Mishnah These are the women, the widows who are mutter. They're allowed to marry their their surviving brothers of their deceased husband, the surut But they were not allowed to marry their first husband. For example, Kohen Godol, the high priest, Shekidesh at the mana. He does Kedushin, the first stage of marriage, with an almana, a widow. Now, a regular Kohen could marry a widow, the Kohen Godol may not. And he has a surviving brother who is a normal Kohen. So in this situation, Yibam would be allowed, even though the original marriage was not allowed. Now here, it's only the first stage of marriage, because if the Kohen Gadol went through with his marriage and was living intimately with the Almana, he would render her a Halola, which is a woman who is involved in a forbidden marriage, a full marriage after the chuppah with a Kohen. And a Halola is forbidden from marrying a different Kohen in the future. So here it was just Kiddushin, the first stage of marriage. The Mishnah goes on with the next example, Kosher Shenasa Halala, a Kosher Kohen. He's fit to do the Kohanic ritual in the temple, but he marries a Halala. Again, that's a woman who, uh, through some sort of pri- prior relationship with a Kohen, was uh, rendered not permitted to marry a Kohen anymore. Yeshlo Ach Halal. But he has a brother, a brother from another mother, who is also a Kohen, but is not a fit to serve Kohen, a Halal. So the Halal could marry the Halala. Another example is a Yisrael, a regular Jewish guy, Shenosa Mamzeret, and he's married a Mamzeret, an illegitimate woman, a product of an illegitimate marriage, V'yeshlo Ach Mamzer, and he has a brother, a brother from another mother, and that relationship between his father and that other mother was an illegitimate relationship that renders his brother a Mamzer. Or the con- converse case, Mamzer, Shenosa bat Yisrael, so the original marriage was forbidden, v'yeshlo ach Yisrael, but his surviving brother would be mutter to marry her, the widow, in Yibam. Mutarot liyivmehem v'asurot v'balehem. Here the Yibam relationship with the surviving brother is allowed, that's a legal marriage, but the original marriage was illegal. Now the Mishnah turns to the cases that are asurot la'elu la'elu, forbidden both in the original marriage and the Yibam marriage. Kohen Godol, shenasat al-mana, he fully married a widow, v'yeshlo ach Kohen Godol. And a surviving brother is also a Kohen Gadol, o Kohen Hediot, or a regular Kohen, because, of course, the Kohen Gadol, as we explained, who fully marries an Oman and they're living together, renders her a Halola, who cannot marry any Kohen. Or Kosher, a Kohen Kosher, a qualified Kohen, Shenosa Halola, he marries a woman who cannot marry a Kohen, V'yesh Lo Ach Kosher, and a surviving brother also is a qualified Kohen, cannot marry a Halola. Or Yisrael Shenosa Mamzeret, 
again, a regular Jewish guy, marries the product of an illegitimate relationship, the Yeshlo Ach Yisrael. And his brother is not a mamzer, but is a regular Jew, cannot marry the mamzeret, or vice versa. Mamzer is Nasha Bat Yisrael, the Yeshlo Ach Mamzer. So both the original marriage and the Yiba marriage would be forbidden. Asurot Le'elu Vela'elu. Ushar, Kolonashim, the mission includes the rest of women, the regular widow cases in Yibam situations, Mutar, the Valehen, leave Mehen. They are permitted to their original husband and to the surviving brothers in Yibam when there are not any of these illegal disqualifications and halalut for Kohanim. Let's go into Mishnah Gimel. Shniot Medivrei Sofrim, secondary arayot, secondary prohibited relationships that are the product of Divrei Sofrim, that's rabbinical legislation. Now, we talked about this back in the first chapter, that the rabbis extended, you know, not just grandchildren, but great-grandchildren, and not just mothers-in-law, but the parents, the mothers of the mothers-in-law. They extended in all directions, maternal relatives and, you know, additional forbidden relationships on a rabbinical level. So the Mishnah explains, a yavam. If she was a rabbinically forbidden, wo- forbidden woman to the original husband, but not to the yavam, the surviving brother, so too, like in the previous Mishnah, she would be forbidden in the original relationship, but she would be permitted to do Yibam. Or vice versa, a Shniya Liyavam, she's related through a rabbinical prohibition to the Yavam, but not to her original husband. She cannot do Yibam, but the original relationship was allowed. Shniya Lazay Lazay, if it's a rabbinical prohibition to both the original husband and the Yavam, Asur Lazay Lazay. It's forbidden in both relationships. Now, the Mishnah turns to an interesting uh, interesting uh, subject. That there's a rabbinic penalty if there if somebody entered into marriage of one of these shniot, one of these rabbinically forbidden marriages. Ein la ketuva. She's not entitled to the payment of money, which a woman normally receives through the ketuva, the marriage contract, if the marriage ends in the death of the husband or through divorce. Lo peirot, and not the fruits. This is when the husband ate the fruits of her field, or sheared her sheep. She's not entitled to be uh, repaid back for this. Velo mizonot, the husband does not have to feed her. Velo veloyot, and not worn out dowry. If she brings dowry into the marriage that the husband's allowed to use, she doesn't necessarily get it back. Vlod kosher, even though there are these stringencies, if they have any children from a rabbinically forbidden marriage, this is a kosher child. He's fit to be a Kohen on the Mizbeach. There's no mamzerot, no issues like this. But we do force the husband to divorce this woman who is rabbinically forbidden to him. So we see the rabbis would exert pressure on the man uh, through, you know, social pressure, religious pressure. And there's also financial uh, consequences to going through with a rabbinically forbidden marriage. And finally, the Mishnah contrasts this with re, um, biblically forbidden marriages. A widow to the high priest, a divorcee or halutse, marrying a regular Kohen, a product of an illegitimate relationship, or a natin, a, a givoni, marrying a regular mainstream Jewish person, or bat Yisrael a natin a mamzer, or a female regular Jew marrying one of these natin a mamzer, yesh There, there is a ketuva. They are entitled to the marriage contract money when that marriage ends. And certainly they're entitled to the other financial rights that the rabbis took away for a rabbinically forbidden relationship. So it's a bit ironic the rabbinically forbidden marriages were punished more stringently in certain sense than the biblically forbidden marriages. And the Gemara explains there's actually a logical reason to this is that people generally don't treat rabbinic laws as 
strictly. They don't take it quite as seriously. And you understand people might fall in love and it's, you know, a distant family member and uh, it's only rabbinically a problem. So, you know, love is blind. So the rabbis had to keep this in mind. This is human nature. People make excuses. It's not so bad. So the rabbis had to impose certain financial problems and social pressure so people would not continue such illegal marriages. Whereas if it's a biblically forbidden marriage and, you know, there's a verse in the Torah that says not to do it and the offspring of such a union has, is blemished and unable to be a Kohen, so that they don't have to exert so much social pressure on people not to do such a marriage. Yashar Kohachem, good Shabbos.